You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. It's Robin McMahon here and thank you for joining me for my very first podcast edition on Parenting Our Future. So I am just beyond excited to launch into this brand new venture where I am wanting to create a safe place for anybody that joins. Anybody who is a parent who is struggling, a parent who's just looking for some new ways if you've had a good day, if you've had a bad day, or just someone, even grandparents. I have a lot of grandparents that reach out to me that read my book or listen to the videos that I have posted up until this point and you know, want to see their grandkids in a different way, but also want to help their kids with their parenting. So I'm really happy to welcome any and all of you and just know that my intention is to always create a space of non-judgment, of understanding and of zero criticism. So welcome to all of you. I welcome all of you from wherever you're from. So what I live and what I teach is peaceful parenting. Now, I come from being a pretty dominant parenting, which is the opposite way. A dominant parent is a parent that basically parents over their child, right? You do what I say because I say you need to do it. And there's no room for complaining. There's no room for your opinion, for your thoughts on it, your feelings on it. You just do it because I'm uncomfortable with you doing this. And there are other expectations of others that I feel that you need to live up to. Therefore, you need to do what I say. So I found that didn't really work well for me in my family. And uh, it definitely didn't work with my oldest child, who I say is my biggest gift. He is the gift that, quite frankly, keeps on giving. And you'll hear a lot about him throughout this, um, throughout my podcast and throughout the time that I talk. And I want everyone to know that I do talk about my son, but I do have his permission. That is really important to me that I have his permission. And there are some things that I don't share, uh, but we're pretty open about what it is that we struggle with. And I think that it's important to be open about things such as this so that others don't feel so alone. And we're talking about things from learning disabilities to ADHD to some mental illness. And I think it's really important that we just bring those into the light because there is nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to those sorts of things and those topics. So my beautiful boy brought me to the brink. He brought me to the brink of so many things from insanity to frustration to really wanting to leave my family. I wanted to leave my family and I thought maybe I might also want to leave this earth because I I couldn't function. I, I hated the way I was as a mom. And I thought that I would be a great mom. I thought that I would be like Mother Earth and bring all the children to me because I will love them and care for them. Nope. Turns out I wanted to go right back to work. I didn't want to be home with my child. And it was a nonstop trigger fest. And yeah, even when he was a baby, I had to reconcile things like my C-section that I never even had an IV before. And here I was having emergency major surgery. I never had to recover from something like that before. And then he wouldn't stop crying. He cried all day and all night and I couldn't comfort him. 
And it left me in a state of feeling vulnerable, feeling not good enough, because on top of all of that, I couldn't nurse him. And that really set me on a really bad spiral or set me up on a really tough journey. And it took me a while to find myself. I was lost for many, many years. And I know there are a lot of you that feel that same way. I know that there are. Now, I want to explain what I do in terms of peaceful parenting. Now, what I see is that there has never before been a time like there is now where people are looking at the way that they've been parented and are saying, you know what, this doesn't feel good to me. This isn't what I want for my own kids. This dominant way of parenting where you just do what I tell you to do, whether you like it or not. And if you don't, then I'm going to shame you. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to hurt you on purpose. I'm going to take something away on purpose, like your rights, your freedom, or something that you love, right? That's what dominant parenting says. But it isn't working. It isn't working with the kids that we have now. And we're looking for different ways. And so the world of peaceful parenting says that I still have expectations. There are still things that I want from you. There are still things that I need you to do, but I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to take things away from you, but I'm going to ask you why. I'm going to seek to understand how come you can't do what it is that I asked. Is it because you don't understand it? Is there something else going on? And if there isn't something else going on, if they do understand it, then what we do instead is we look for solutions together. Like, okay, so you want to do this and I need you to do this. Well, how do we come to an agreement? Because we need to work together. Or we, we look for empathy and we say, oh boy, yeah. I know it's really hard when you have to do things you don't want to do. I know because it takes you away from what you're doing now, right? And because you just wish you didn't have to do it. I get it. I really do understand it. I really do. So those are some of the ways that we get around it. Now, peaceful parenting isn't about punishing. It's about understanding. It isn't about, you know, taking things away. It's about saying, how come? How come you don't want to do this? Or how come you're saying no a lot, right? And when a child hits another child or hurts another child, you know, that's when you step in, but you don't step in to punish and you don't hit them back because that doesn't teach them anything. So throughout the course of this podcast, I'm going to share with you solutions. I'm going to share with you tools on how to deal with all sorts of situations. And I'm going to also invite you to give me your questions. Ask me your questions. Tell me what it is that you want to know about because I want this to be an interactive experience and I want to be able to speak about the things that is on your mind that you're interested in. So that is, that's how I see peaceful parenting. And, and to elaborate on it a little more, the way that I work with my clients and the way that I get parents to a new way of being and understanding their kids is kind of on two hands. So I use, use my hands a lot to talk. So in this, in this case, I'm going to use two hands. And on the one hand, we look at your child, right? We look at your child and we look at their behavior. And we look at their behavior not as good or bad, but we look at it as just information as communication that's letting us know that something is off with your child. Either there is a skill that they don't yet have because 
Let's remember our kids are young and they're grown without a fully grown brain, right? They're born without a fully grown brain. So it's important that we know that. And maybe there is a, a need that they, that they aren't getting met. You know, there's eight core needs of, of a child and those needs, if they're not getting met, well, they're going to have feelings about those and those feelings it could be feelings that are unvalidated. But then what happens is that becomes their behavior. They act out based on feelings and needs not getting met or not being validated. So instead of saying, well, you're being so bad or, or you're being naughty or you can't do that, that's not allowed. We say, how come? Like, how come? What is under the behavior. Let's put the behavior aside and literally look at the behavior as secondary and find out what's really going on with your child. But then we also take your, the child hand, the child side, a step further and we look at things like developmental stages and we look at brain science. Brain science is so huge to just know what's going on. This is information that we can just hang our hat on because it's been studied. There, you know, there is science behind it. So we just know, look, this is temporary or this is normal or maybe this isn't normal and we need to look at it a little deeper and find out what's going on. So that's the child part of things. And then the other hand, the other side of it is you, you as the parent. If our kids are only ever just communicating with us through their behavior, then how do we understand it? And so it's about teaching you to understand their behavior, teaching you to ask why, to communicate differently, to have new and different emotional responses. And I can tell you there is magic when you show up differently for your kids, they show up differently for you. And there's always a point when I'm working with clients where they come to me and they say, I don't know. I had a pretty good week this week and I don't know. The kids just seemed good. They just seemed to be better. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot to talk about. And I always am jumping for joy on the other, on the other end of the line because that's your work. That's what you did to create it. Because when you show up differently, they show up differently. When you show up with more confidence, more, more relaxed, less anxiety, when you show up with more acceptance, it is a game changer in your relationship with your kids. So showing up differently means that you are showing up with curiosity. You are showing up with empathy. You are showing up with concern, but you're also going to show up being present and truly listening to your child. You know, listening and actually leaning into your child and what it is that they're saying and I'll tell you what, when you are listened to and think of, think of the comparison, you know, I walked into a room and, and somebody talked to me like I was the only person in the room. You know, it's that, that feels like love, right? That is what we're talking about. And your kids will thrive off of that. And actually learning how to listen is the very first lesson that I give my clients is active and compassionate listening is what I call it, where you listen without interruption. You listen without getting ready to make a response, right? You listen to understand, not to respond. And um, you listen without comparing and you listen without judgment and criticism. Just listen, just listen. And a pro tip on listening is when you repeat back. So that's going to be in your show notes today. Since that's the first thing that I teach my clients, that's the first thing I want to teach you is how to really, truly listen to your child. And I am telling you, it is a game changer. It's a game changer, not just in your relationship with your child, but in every relationship that you have to truly listen to the other person. It feels like love.
It's amazing. So you're showing up differently with your kids because you're listening, because you're curious, because you're seeking to understand. And then, and then you're also taking care of yourself. How many of you make it a priority to take time out of your day to take care of yourself? To take time out of your week to take care of yourself? You know, this is of vital importance that you do, and it is number one for managing anger in the home. So part of the you side of the equation is you taking care of yourself, you taking time to fill your own cup. So please, please make sure you do that. And I will be saying that a lot, that taking care of yourself is number one for managing anger and is vital to the happiness of, for you and your family. So in addition to, to, to those things is, is really understanding your anger, understanding your triggers as well. That is all really, really important because what's a trigger for you may not be a trigger for me. And why is that? Why is that? Well, usually that comes down to our past, comes down to the way we were parented. Really, it's safe to say that it all has to do with past pain. So we need to go and look at it and we need to resolve it and we need to question the thoughts that we have and the beliefs that we have around ourselves based on this past pain. Because our kids are only just ever being kids. They're only just being their own selves, trying to get their own needs met and we misinterpret it. We make it to mean there's something that it's something about us that that they're behaving that way means I must be a bad mom or them behaving that way means that they're just trying to manipulate me or upset me. But that's just not the case. Our kids are just doing their own thing and we misinterpret it, which is why it's so important to take their behavior as secondary and find out what's driving it first because I can guarantee you it has nothing to do with you. So what happens when you look at parenting from both those hands is we bring them together to create a relationship with your kids that is based on a foundation of mutual trust and respect. That's also based on communication and understanding. And from there, our kids will grow up knowing in their heart of hearts that they are truly loved and lovable, that they're valued by their parents and therefore are valuable. And they have a strong sense of belonging because they have the strong connection in their family with, with their parents, with their siblings. And what that does when they grow up and go into this world is they have a strong sense of self. They have emotional intelligence. They have resilience. And when somebody does something to them or against them, they can respond with love and compassion and seek to understand instead of using violence or criticism or judgment or lashing out. That's what we want from our kids. You know, um, I, I saw this amazing author and doctor, Dr. Rick Hansen, uh, when I went to, to a talk not too long ago. And he said that he's been in rooms of people who are all CEOs of their companies. And he asks them to put their hands up to say, to see how many of them were valedictorians. And not a lot were, because it's not about the smartest of the smartest that rise to the top. It's those who are emotionally intelligent, those who can handle adversity, those who can understand other people's emotions and their own emotions, and those who can be in relationship with people. Because let's be honest, you know, the, the person in your office or the person who you know who's a jerk doesn't get the promotion and nobody wants to work with them, right? So you want to have that in your 
kids. So that is what this is all about, is raising our future, raising our future of kids in kindness, compassion, empathy, and understanding. That is what I want for you, and that is what I want for our world. And I think that really, truly parenting in this way can change the world. So I, I hope you can, you can agree with um, all of that or at least some of it, but that is why I am so passionate about what it is that I do. So let me tell you a little bit about me. So I was, um, I born and raised in Vancouver. I'm a proud Canadian and my family was great. My mom actually uh, immigrated from Germany to Canada where she met my dad and uh, they they were in, um, the, in the middle of Canada in the prairies in Saskatchewan and they moved to Vancouver and that's where they raised my sister and I. And um, you know we had a really great family. We really loved our mom and dad and uh, had a great relationship. Things though got complicated and there were times when I was a teenager, which I was a good teenager. I was always a good kid. Um, nothing, I was nothing like what I have encountered with my own kids. And I did what I was told. I never drank. I never did drugs. I never did anything bad. And, um, and, I, and I knew I was a good kid, but as a teenager, you know, we have attitudes. We do things that maybe aren't the most popular with our parents. And that was when I saw my dad really struggling. Like my dad struggled in his business and with different things. And our relationship struggled a bit too, because I, I felt that he would take his anger out on me. Uh, take his frustrations out on me. And um, I also didn't get the support that I thought I should get from them. Um, so for example, I wanted to do gymnastics. I love gymnastics. I wanted to um, do dance. I wanted to be an actress. And the extracurricular activities that I did was I played guitar and I did track. None of those are on my list of things that I care about, um, but those are the things that my dad loved. Those are the things that he always wanted. And he was a track star uh, in his day, uh, was one of the fastest people in Canada. And, uh, and, and so that, to me, left a little bit of hurt because they didn't see, you know, he didn't see me for who I was. And my dad was kind of the was really the most influential person in my life. My mom was always there as, um, you know, a sturdy, strong woman who, you know, uh, did the best for her family. She worked really, really hard all of her life, still works now. Uh, and it was my dad that was always doing things like building businesses and doing different things. So um, anyway, he was a really strong influence in me. And, and definitely all of the great things that he taught me helped me to be the person that I am today. But he also didn't listen to me and he also devalued me and he would say like, what do you know? You know, when I'd have an opinion and those are around the teen years when I started to really learn things and, you know, your brain grows exponentially in those years as you grow closer to adulthood. And he didn't want to listen to my opinions or anything. Um, and so that was hard on him and hard on me. Um, so, so that's left a mark for me. And um, four years ago, my dad passed away. And that was really, really hard. And it was so interesting too, though, because I was able to see and finally understand 
what was going on with him. And um, it was around that time that I, I really found this work and found the idea of peaceful parenting and um, really understood that it was coming from his own sense of inadequacies that he had and that it had nothing to do with me. It didn't, but as a kid, I didn't know any different. Um, my dad was always somebody too who would, who always labeled me. He labeled me as a liar all my life. Um, and, and that really left a mark on me too. And I actually think that I can think of the time where he decided that about me. Uh, it was one time when we had lemonade <laughs> with our dinner. We never had any special drinks. We always had water and we had lemonade. And I was so excited that I drank my whole cup of lemonade and I asked for more and he gave me more. And then I asked for more because I'm like, okay, well, this is a good thing. And he said, did you drink it? And I said, no, I lied. Um, I'm not quite I'm fuzzy on the exact details. And and so from then on, he didn't trust me. He said I was a liar. Um, not in so many words, but he would definitely say that I, I would, you know, lie and not be truthful and, and whatever. And, and because of that, I knew that I wasn't. I knew that I wasn't. I know that I'm not. But because I had that message in my head, I would become over anxious about it and actually be a people pleaser to like prove to people that I meant what I said and like go out of my way to make sure people knew that I was authentic. And, and, and so that eroded my own sense of self because I wanted to please other people. So, you know, that did some damage to me as well. These are all the kinds of things that we do to our own kids, right? That we label them in labels that don't you know, don't match who they are. And then that's how we see them. And we don't look at the, the effects. And, and what that actually is, is that's that, that's that uh, record that plays in your head. You know, the, the, the horrible voice that you have inside your head where, um, you know, we say the, the, the meanest things to ourselves. Well, you know, it comes from childhood and the labels that were put on us. So, um, so let's fast forward to when I became a parent. Um, when I became a parent, I had my first beautiful boy, Parker. Parker came out with a full head of red hair. And if you know what I look like and what my husband looked like, we don't have red hair. So that was definitely a topic of conversation. Um, it's a good thing he looked exactly like my husband, or maybe there'd be other kinds of conversations happening. Um, but he just was the baby that didn't sleep. He came to me. Um, I was 11 days overdue and I, I finally had to have a C-section. I'd never had major, major surgery before. Couldn't reconcile that with myself. Um, I'd heard of women that couldn't reconcile the birth of their child uh, and I thought that was stupid. Well, what a way to learn a lesson. Have it happen to you. <laughs> I no longer think that's stupid. I uh, totally get that. And, um, you know, I also couldn't nurse. Um, and that really hurt because, well, it hurt and it hurt um, because I, I thought that I would be such a natural mom. I consider myself, you know, a really loving person and a really kind hearted person. And I love babies and I love snuggles and cuddles and that sort of thing. But my baby would never, he wouldn't 
let me comfort him or I couldn't comfort him. I didn't know what to do to comfort him. And he wouldn't sleep and he would cry all night long. And it turns out I'm not good on zero sleep. Well, none of us are, but I was a little, I think I lost it for a little while and I didn't find myself. The it that I lost was really myself. And I didn't find myself for many, many years to come. So my son, Parker, he has always been a challenge. He really kind of came out that way. And um, now we, we do know what's going on with him. And it's taken us a long time because Parker is, I mean, of course, I think he's super handsome. He's an adorable kid. He is a um, sparkling boy with a beautiful personality. Uh, he's talkative. He's easy to make friends. But there's also another side of him, which is really angry and defiant and rude. And um, now that he's a teenager, sometimes crude. And that was really hard to handle. So you know, the reason I talk about my childhood is because a lot of stuff was coming up for me and I didn't put the, the two together. I didn't connect the dots back then. But, you know, I, I remember yelling at my kids and realizing once I found this work, realizing it was my five-year-old self just yelling for someone to hear me and someone to listen to me. And I thought, whoa, like, whoa, that's big. Like, this isn't even about them. I just need to be heard. And I wasn't heard. And um, so, so this work really helped me to heal that. And, um, and with my son, you know, now that we know what's going on with him, he, he does have ADHD. Um, he does have some learning disabilities. And he, he also has obsessive compulsive disorder. So he has an anxiety disorder. And, you know, people throw out OCD and say, oh, I'm so OCD, I have to have this perfect and this just right or whatever, but that's not OCD. OCD is debilitating and he really struggles on a daily basis and a lot of his rituals involve me, meaning I have to repeat certain words, I have to say things a certain way. Um, for years we, weren't, we couldn't say, go brush your teeth. We had to say it a totally different way because he just couldn't handle it. Um, we would, um, you know, there, there was a time where he got stuck in the garage because he couldn't get up the stairs because he needed to hear a certain sound and he couldn't hear it. And so he just went going up and down, up and down. And I said, babe, he was crying. It was awful. And I said, babe, what can I do to help you? And he just cried and said, I don't know. I don't know. I just need to hear it. And it was just heartbreaking heartbreaking and you know it also means that it's hard to ask him to do things because he's so full in his head of all the things that he needs to keep track of all the numbers he needs to count all the different things that are going on for him that I have a basket of laundry for him to put away and it's just like I've I've asked the world of him and it is enough to to make him crumble in a fit of crying and rage and it's real it's really real to him and I did not know how to handle him and I just didn't know what to do and he also has um, intermittent explosive disorder which is an anger disorder and um, and and you know for years, I tried different things. I tried to, you know, we tried different books. We tried, we tried, I tried 
to get help for myself, psychologists and counselors, and none of it helped me. Um, and again, it wasn't until I found Peaceful Parenting and I found the words of Dr. Shafali saying in, in her book, um, The Conscious Parent, saying there was a section about how I can accept that I sometimes lose my center faster than my child. I accept that my child isn't who I expected him to be. I can accept that I'm not the parent I thought I would be. You know, and that was, that was huge for me. I, I, I don't know about you, but I never accepted it. I was so busy beating myself up uh, and hating myself because I, I didn't like the way things were. And, you know, it's so funny. My, my friend, Corey, I just love her. Um, she's also a parent coach. She doesn't practice as a parent coach, but uh, she's from South Dakota. And she, she said to me, you know, we don't, we don't even put a shelf together without instructions. And I now use that all the time. I think it's great. Like, here we are. You are, you know, you have these beautiful kids, whichever way you, you, they come into your life. And we are expected to know how to parent. But the thing is, nobody really tells you how. It's just passed on from generations, right? It's just the way you were parented is how you parent. And the funny thing about it is it's the most important job there is, but nobody really tells you how to do it. And like Corey says, you don't put a shelf together without instructions, you know, and, and, and further to that, we don't put a new meal together without a recipe. So then why is the most important job a job that we take on without knowing? That, that our stuff is going to get involved, our childhood is going to get involved, that my triggers are going to get involved, that my child is going to bring me to anger that I've never felt before, is going to challenge me in ways that I never thought possible, is going to say things to me that I never even could conceptualize, right? Make me feel the most vulnerable, the most embarrassed, the most angry, the most happy too, the most joy, the most intense, fierce love and connection. Right, But of course, we as humans have a negativity bias in our brains, which is just the way our brains are built back from our caveman days. And so we focus on the negative more than we do the good and the joy. And I think it is such a, such a sign of courage to, say, to put your hand up and say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. But instead, what we do is we hide ourselves away or we pretend things are better, but inside we feel shame. And I'm speaking mostly to moms here. You know, I know there's dads that listen to this as well, but it's the shame for women that we feel because we feel that we should know how to do this. We should be uh, a mom that can breastfeed, that can give birth naturally, that can um, do all of these things. Um, it also has time to work out and have a job or, or stay home and have the house clean all the time, all this. And then when we don't, we feel that we're not good enough, that we're not measuring up. And we need to stop feeling that. We need to also stop perpetuating the lie that we are perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. And if there was a perfect parent, we probably wouldn't like her anyway. So we need to just be real. And I'm going to tell you right now that I am not perfect, that I am still a work in progress. And I, there are days where I struggle too. But at least now I know why I'm struggling and I know how to go and fix it. And I know how to go and repair 
a, you know, a, a rupture in my relationship with one of my kids if that happens because I'm only human and I don't want anyone to think that I am perfect all the time because I will always just be human. Um, I always want to be as authentic and real as possible. Um, but I do know what it's like to struggle and I also know what it's like to have strong connection and get that cooperation and feel that joy. There's nothing like it. So if you are struggling and if you, if you are feeling shame, just know that you're not alone. You're not alone and your kid's behavior does not determine your worth as a mom or this misstep or this failure or this outburst does not determine your worth as a mom. This moment doesn't. You can learn from this and you can move on. It's okay. We are all, we've all been there at some point or <laughs> we are there. So I just really invite you to go easy on yourself, to be kind to yourself because it really is important that you are. Your kids need you to be, because in their eyes, they think you're amazing. Believe me, they know that you're amazing. They see you in a totally different way. So let's let beating each other, beating ourselves up and beating each other up too. Like we are so cruel and so judgmental of other moms and other parents. Let's just let that go too, because they're fighting their own battle. They're dealing with their own stuff. And I try never to judge another parent because I know that that is their pain. If they're yelling, they're screaming, they're hitting, that's their own pain. You know, and somebody's hurt them really badly. With that, I do struggle sometimes even now. And my son, who is a beautiful boy, it, was, it took a long time to get us help and support for him. But we have found it now, and we do have a team of people that really do support us. Um, I'm happy to talk about him more and what, what it is that we do. You know, we've done a lot of different things to support him. Um, but what I can tell you is that I talk about him because I want people to know that this isn't about having a typical child. Because, you know, it's hard enough being a parent to a typical child, and nobody tells you how to parent that child, but certainly nobody tells you how to parent a child with mental illness or with disabilities, physical, mental, or you know, with, um, with any type of ailment or life-threatening disease. Nobody tells you how to parent those kids, right? And how to, and how to reconcile that for yourself. You know, this parenting thing is hard and it's okay to reach for support and ask for support. You know, we need to be there for each other. And, um, and if you're doing well, then reach out to somebody who's struggling. And if you're struggling, ask for help. It is the biggest gift you can give someone else because people love to help and it feels like love, right? It feels, you feel like, yes, please ask me for help. I want to help you. It means that, you know, you think, you think highly of me to ask. You know, really what I want to leave you with is I want you to, to hear me say that I think this is sacred work. I think that this will change the world, but I also want to have fun Well, I take you through all of these lessons. I think it's okay to laugh. I think it's okay to have some fun and be funny. So I hope you will enjoy me through this journey and on my podcasts um, and the next episodes that, that are, that are going to be here for you because as much as it is sacred, I think there's nothing wrong with having a laugh and having some fun. So I hope you will join me in that as well. And the very last thought that I want to leave you with today is that it's never too late. No matter where you are in your parenting, no matter how old your kids are, it's never too late. You may have adult children and it is never too late to, to go to them and repair a rupture in your relationship and, and move forward. It's never too late brain-wise for your kids and it's never too late for you. So please know that it's always possible. 
So again, I am so happy that you're here. I am so happy to be, cre to be creating this content for you. And I want to thank you for listening. So we will see you on the other side in another episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you like my podcast, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who wish to get in contact with me directly, all my details are on my website, www.parentingforconnection.com. And of course, I have all my details in the show notes. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection. Mm -hmm.